Nurses and Hypochondriacs, the podcast that brings nurse experts, patients, and hypochondriacs together to discuss hot topics in healthcare. And here is your host, Ercilia Pompilio. Coincidences. They're a remarkable concurrence of events or circumstances without apparent casual connection. Have you ever been thinking about someone like your mother or your best friend and all of a sudden they text message you or call you? Or you could just be reminiscing about an old boyfriend or girlfriend from high school and all of a sudden you bump into them at your favorite coffee shop. Coincidences happen to me all the time, on a daily basis, basically. And a few months ago, they happened so much so that I was thinking I was going nuts. I mean, I almost put a 5150 on myself. Not really, but you know what I mean. I mean, things like this would happen. Like, my friend Madonna calls me up and says she wants to meet me for wine and she has a gift for me. And jokingly, I told another friend, well, the Madonna is going to come and pay me homage tonight. And in the Catholic religion, I mean, I should be paying Madonna homage. I mean, it's kind of sacrilegious that the Madonna is going to come bring me a gift. I should be bringing her a gift. And so I kind of made this a weird little joke in my head. And when I saw Madonna for wine that night, she brought me a bag And on the bag, it said, homage. What is going on there? I mean, Carl Jung believed that we lived in an unus mundus, in one world. And basically that we're all connected by a structure to reality, like some type of network that connects us all. My guest today is an expert in connecting with coincidences. Dr. Bernard Beitman is the first psychiatrist since Carl Jung to systematize the study of coincidences. He developed the first valid scale to measure coincidence sensitivity and has written several coincidence articles for the psychiatric annals. He's also written 16 professional books. Uh, He's a visiting professor at the University of Virginia. He attended Yale Medical School and completed a psychiatric residency at Stanford. And today we're going to talk about his book, Connecting with Coincidence, the new science for using serendipity or synchronicity in your life. Stay tuned. This should be a very interesting episode. Welcome again, nurses and hypochondriacs, and welcome to the show, Dr. Bernard Beitman. I, like I was just telling you, loved your book, Connecting with Coincidence, and I found it by listening to a paranormal podcast, which I love paranormal stuff. And at the time I listened to the podcast, I was searching for answers because like I said, I'm a coincider. And so why don't you tell us how you started, why you wrote this book, who you are. I love the book because it's so based in science. Well, thank you. And the science is, is more like a 
beginning of science because I'm trying to develop a science. So you might call it a proto-science, but it, it comes at it from a clinical perspective. I'm a psychiatrist. I've seen lots of patients. Um, I've written several books on psychotherapy, which is a lot of pattern recognition. Um, part of a what a therapist does is help people see patterns that they don't see. And the second stage of therapy I, I call uh, pattern search, just for that reason. So I've been clued into patterns for a long time for a variety of reasons. Um, patterns of social interaction um, always confused me and I tried to see how they worked. So I brought patterns to um, my life and to the study of coincidences. And the way I got into studying coincidences were probably two major events in my life. And I think it's really, uh, it's a hypothesis and really interesting uh, to ask people what are or it was the most major of your coincidence experiences. Because I think those set the framework for future coincidence uh, awareness. The, it's a, a kind of types of coincidence you become more tuned into. My first coincidence uh, happened when I was eight or nine. Um, and simply said, uh, I came home one day and my dog wasn't there and I really needed that puppy. And my mother said, go to the police station and leaving the police station, uh, with tears in my eyes, uh, they didn't know where he was, I, I, I got lost. And by getting lost, uh, my dog who had been lost also was got lost in the same place. So we ran into each other. Wow. And I was so happy to see him, but his reaction was like, where have you been? So we just went home. And I mean, I'm glad he was around with me for the next five or six years because I was a lonely boy and that puppy was like such a good friend of mine. I still miss him. That was one. And that, that story is about what I call human GPS. I've learned to call that human GPS. By human GPS, I, I, it means that we have in us somehow the capacity to find our way to where we need to be without knowing how we got there. Like in the case of me and my dog, I got lost and he got lost and we found each other. And I found myself doing experiments, being able to f f get where I need to be in other people too, without knowing how they got there. So I'm gonna stop with that one and tell you uh, my second one after I uh, hear your responses to how you, to the story I just told you and also, um, the, the, the book you, you read of mine, and I like to hear the, all about that. Well, I love that story about the dog, and stuff like that happens to me all the time. I mean, I grew up Catholic, and so we learned this prayer when I was in Catholic school. Anytime you lost something, you would just pray to St. Anthony, and it would just lead you right back to That's that right. item that you lost. Okay, so is it really St. Anthony that's leading you to this lost item or is it somewhere in the subconscious that you're kind of able to hone in on where you just lost that object? I mean, I just did it the other day. I was looking for a credit card and I just sat there and I was like, I know where it is. And I, I knew the purse where it was in and where exactly that purse was. And so I went exactly to it. And I'm like, oh, there it is, you know. 
so I've, I've learned to work on myself. I've gone through hypnotherapy for many years. Um, I practice this stuff. I, I used to read body language as well. And it's just because I was having a lot of problems in life. Uh, and I, I was done with the problems and I needed to figure stuff out. And I started to learn how to read people, learn how to hone in on these skills. And it's really helped me. It's decreased a lot of drama in my life where I lead a much more happy, much more content life, much more carefree life where I just let things come to me. Not really, but in a sort of way, it's almost like the secret as well. It's almost like the secret. How is it different from the secret? Um, it's different from the secret as in, I think the secret is very external. It, it seems like it's very magical where I don't, it's not magical. We do have an innate power in our brains as you do write about in your book with the GPS uh, and the different um, scenarios that you give on why things happen. Uh, and again, it's going into the subconscious, it's going into that programming. It's like you remember where you put that item because you put it there. So it's just kind of going back and going, okay, this is where it is. That's a, that's a subset that uh, I get a kick out of somebody looking for money and, and then praise to somebody or other. And there it is in the file cabinet uh, or there it is under, uh, in, under a, in, in, under a floorboard or something. They, right. <laughs> yeah. They, you put it there. And that, that's so important, um, I think, uh, what you're implying, that we have more personal responsibility in creating coincidences than we tend to think. Correct. And that's happened in my life recently. I did get an astrology reading. I do a lot of wacky things, as I've talked about on this show before. Uh, and it's just because I'm trying... What's your sign? I'm a Pisces. So very creative, very connecting. What's your sign? Are you Pisces? No way. Coincidence. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's one out of twelve, so it's it's gonna happen. <laughs> it's true. It's um, gonna happen, right? It's gonna happen, but it's 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 a space cadet um, sign. Uh, right. <laughs> totally. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, you said you got your you got your um, your chart done. Yes. So I got my astrological chart done about a year ago from a guy named Robert Phoenix and he was on Gaia and he was on TV and I connected him. Uh, I would watch him on YouTube a lot and I connected him through his website and he was actually pretty affordable. He did a chart for $150 and read me for about 60 minutes online and, and we connected uh, on the phone and stuff. So he was a very pleasant man. And so he did tell me a lot of interesting things uh, he did say I would meet someone in February that would either be a romantic relationship and that would lead me into consulting as a job. So about a year later, it's February and I'm on Tinder and I connect with this guy and his picture I really wasn't attracted to, but it did say he was COO of a creative agency and I decided to meet him. Well, can this be a coincidence, right? So I meet him and we're talking and he tells me, well, I have a job for you. <laughs> and it was this new project. It did have healthcare involved. And I am also, I am very unique nurse as I've studied writing 
since 2008. I studied screenwriting, all types of writing, storytelling. I now teach storytelling. I've produced 14 stage shows. I now have this podcast. I write for two nursing publications. So I am a writer and I have honed that skill. So he happened to have a position or he needed a consultant who was healthcare involved that also knew how to write. So yes, so we were romantically involved as well. And he did give me this consulting position, which I just still have. And we're still working on this project. But in this relationship, we had so many serendipities together. And I think it's because he was also high functioning autistic, like on the Asperger scale, where he was able to see lots of patterns. And so together, like, uh, let's say I made pesto for lunch and he'd call me up, what did you have for lunch today? I go, pesto. He goes, I just made some pesto. And he would take a picture of it and send it to me. I would be swimming in a pool and stand up in the pool and experience back pain. He would call me right away and say, did you experience back pain? I mean, it was just uh, too those, much. Those are good ones. Those are, but it's too much. It's too much. Where I was getting really bombarded, my brain hurt. <laughs> My brain hurt, and even when we just, would just, just let this, just wait a minute, because uh, you can you can pick up where you're there right now, because you said a lot of very interesting things, uh, and the first the first thing uh, that I want to ask you about is you look at his picture, and you didn't like his picture, yet nevertheless, you contacted him. Right, he was well. He contacted me. He was much more handsome in person, though. But so I'm, I'm just talking about your decision to go with um, somewhat. My decision was because I created the experience. So because of the information that I had from the astrologer with uh, meeting in February, it was February, his job title that he worked for a creative agency. And, uh, and we were texting that as well, if I recall. Okay. Um, about so, the healthcare aspect. So the important thing for your l viewers is how you decided, because coincidences don't just happen a lot of right. time. That not not all the time. There are ones that are just like, how did that happen? Um, but this one, you played an important role. You decided, and your decision against some negativity it was the first thing that I wanted to point out to you to you and you know that and to to your viewers the second thing is um some of the uh connections the two of you had like uh pesto for lunch and <laughs> and I because I, I I was doing that uh, I had a little experiment where uh, somebody that I was very emotionally involved with, I wanted to see if I could show up at her house right when she walked out. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> and I. <laughs> Sounds like stuff that we were doing to each other. So, but go on with your story. It's so that's, funny. That's, that's what I, that's what I thought. Uh, and like, um, over the last week, I was, and, and, and I did it. I mean, I was listening to an intuitive voice saying, go here, go here, don't do this, go there. Oh, my now. God. And, I, and, and then I got, made a wrong turn. I've been to her house enough times. And I get there, and then the car, car's there. And then I'm sitting there, my heart's beating real fast, and she walks out. And there's <laughs> right there. And this, this was my test 
of my ability to do human GPS with her. I because love that. She and I has something like what you're describing. Mm -hmm. Not not as much, but like this past couple, past week, I've been like hearing her trying to contact me just intuitively. And I, I said, you know, kind of don't bother me because I love, <laughs> I kind of love what you said about drama. I mean, I'm really trying to finally, I should have done this a long time ago, but getting drama out of my life. All right. <laughs> this was too much. You're a psychiatrist. So <laughs> I'm also a dancer. <laughs> I dance as well, yes. Oh, and I'm a Pisces, yeah. so I mean, I was, yeah, I used to dance salsa quite a bit. I'm a person, so yeah. I would do drama, and I like drama to some extent, um, but I had enough. So she did, she did text me, uh, and I cut it off. But I, I was doing stuff like that with her, but it for you. It got to be too much. And it got to be too much. Even I'll tell you another story. So it was Father's Day. He's what? a father. Real uh, quick. Go ahead. Go ahead. You felt his back pain to be clear about that? Well, he said he felt mine, but he had been driving for an hour. So, I mean, I was in a pool. I had just swam a thousand meters. So breaststroke. So I stood up and I immediately arched my back and felt lower back pain. But of course I was sore, you know, from swimming. And I don't think I had swam that great a distance in a while. So it's normal for me to feel that pain, but he called me right away and he had just gotten out of the car. So whose back pain was it? I don't know. <laughs> so well, Could have been, been his. I, I call that simulpathity anyway, because it's, yeah. there are two people involved and I wanted to make that point too. So please, uh, those are the points I wanted to make off your story. So then what happened? It got yeah, over so I just wanted to talk about this one Father's Day gift. So it was Father's Day and I had bought him a gift. And I remember going to the store and for some reason, I wanted to buy him, he had bought a new home and I wanted to buy him a magazine for just like an interior design magazine, like Architectural Digest, but I didn't like the cover. So I just kept getting drawn to Esquire magazine and I didn't know why. And there was like Leonardo DiCaprio on the cover, Quentin Tarantino for their new movie. And I was like, well, it looks cool. Okay, but I don't know why I have to buy this magazine. It's really weird. So I bought the magazine and all these people were commenting on the magazine while I was in line at the checkout counter. So I put the gift together and I give him the gift and he opens it up. I just thought it was weird that I had to give him this magazine and it was like, there was other things in the bag, right? So he pulls out the magazine and he is just blown away. And he puts the magazine down and just was like, you know, kind of doing, just rocking his head back and forth. He's like, that's my most favorite magazine. I just canceled the subscription three months ago. <laughs> So, yeah, so that was another, but there is many, many, many things like that. Even when we were showing up at dates, we were wearing the same colors. Like he'd wear green, I'd wear green. He'd wear blue, I'd wear blue. So, yeah. What else? What else? Stuff like that. That's for that relationship, you know. It got um, to be too much. It got to be too much where my brain was hurting uh, because, I think there were things in the relationship that were happening where I 
so you wrote this in your book where just because there are serendipities between people doesn't mean that it is supposed to be a relationship that's supposed to last a distance because you want to see how that person's treating you. So there were other situations going on, a little bit of drama, uh, not on my part. Um, there were other things going on in his life, which made it very, very full. And so I wasn't getting the um, attention that I felt I deserved or needed. And so uh, we decided to go ahead and, and split and, and stuff and just keep it as a more professional uh, relationship. Good for so, you. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. So, uh, and, and there were things that I found out he was neglecting to tell me that he did tell me were going on after. And so, yeah. So, but then I, I, as we split, I felt like a release. I was like, oh, my brain feels so much better. <laughs> I just feel so much clearer. And now I can go back and, and be centered and, and feel free because uh, I tended to obsess a lot as well when I was in this relationship and, and just the energy, I, I just felt very heavy and I knew something was not right and it was not good for me. So, yeah. May I simply say, ditto. <laughs> it's a drama. Cut it out. <laughs> so, yeah. But that's very true. But you make that point because people can say, but they're, and that's what I kept saying. Well, I don't understand. There are so many serendipities or so many coincidences in this relationship. Are we supposed to be together in the midst of all this other drama that's happening? And the answer is no. <laughs> right? The answer is uh, maybe. Maybe. Because uh, you have to see what else is going on. And I, I, I just, there's something about being able to do that with someone that brings a kind of intimacy, a kind of closeness that we all like. And that's what's deceptive about it, because there might be a way that it can work. I have a Psychology Today blog and um, the most popular post was, do, do all these coincidences mean it's meant to be? It's 100,000, which is a lot for mine. And wow. that is, and it keeps going, because that's the question. Um, and for some reason, we're prone to think that because we have these shared feelings, there's something going on, and there is. The something that's going on is that there's an emotional relationship. Because I, ha I was choking one day uh, when age 31, and 3,000 miles away, my father was choking on his own blood and dying. And that was another driver for me to study coincidences. And that's kind of like the back pain one you were describing. It's simultaneously feeling the same thing together, similar thing together. Uh, how does that was a marker of my connection to my father but now even just talking about it with you it didn't mean that uh, we had the best relationship anyway it because we didn't and this is helping me realize that uh, while I wanted it to mean 
that my father and I were close, we really weren't. So that is, that's interesting. So you're saying that there is some type of either if it's telepathy or, you know, how to, how do you go ahead and explain it then the pain, the simulpathy? So why does that happen? I mean, is there something in the universe? Are we living in a matrix type reality where it's, a video game concept that's what some theorists say uh i don't know <laughs> i'm writing about i'm doing a another book um it's called coincidence fundamentals right now the fundamentals of coincidence studies and i'm trying to answer that question about how to explain them the back pain choking ones are are described so often that is the original definition of telepathy telepathy meant tele at a distance pathy feeling tele telepathy was feeling at a distance the word telepathy has evolved into being more cognitive and so i invented the word simulpathy to have to refer to the pain the feeling the emotion at a distance it is a form of psi. It's telepathy or a form of telepathy. We don't have ways of explaining telepathy, and I don't know that we have uh, the time here to go through all the explanations, but I think there is a key variable that is somehow these capacities to connect with another person's are indicators of a connection with that person, an emotional connection, emotional connection. Emotion is so important. I certainly was emotionally connected with my father and have been and mm -hmm. in a way still am, um, even though he's gone. There's still an emotional connection. It, and some of these emotional connections endure through time uh, for various reasons. But some of them are like, okay, they come together. Oh, look, we can vibe together because I had a two-day romance uh, a couple of months ago, and uh, we ended up wearing the same color clothes to the conference <laughs> the second day. <laughs> but so you do that too. See, interesting. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, and, but she, uh, the romance was in the second day, so it was not. It was, wasn't working. But we, <laughs> we it, it, she didn't care that we were wearing the same. She didn't care about that coincidence, that we had a close connection for a short period of time. So these connections between people, we know this from regular life, can really be strong and maintained, as with my father. And they can be like with your, with your consultant guy, it can be like going on, and it's really happening, and it's intense, but then there's something else, so you cut it off, and it's not there anymore. And I've, I felt, I have felt the last couple of days the same relief or similar relief to cutting it off. However, during the middle of the night, I my heart, which was so strong for her, my heart got into an arrhythmia. Oh wow! And I hadn't had an arrhythmia in years, so I think it was my heart still adjusting and probably reacting to how she was feeling that night because it came as a rather su big surprise to her because she thought she had me 
able get able to get me to do what she wanted me to do. I was kind of serving her much too much and not getting much back. I had run out of energy for her. I'd had a lot before. That that is very similar to what happened to me. I mean, I hadn't slept very well in about four months since I was dating this individual. And as soon as it as soon as our breakup happened, I was able to sleep. I had never slept as I slept those last two days that I remember. I had the most amazing sleep because it was it's an energy thing as well. I mean, I, I some people call them energy vampires. You know, it's like they're kind of sucked into you or, or you're in a bond and maybe that person's doing stuff that's not very healthy uh, in respect to how you're living your life. So that is correct. Not only with her, but some two other briefer contacts where they sucked energy out of me and I reacted physically. Yes, I do, too. I'm very sensitive to that, you know, very empathic in a way. Um, I guess some people call it. So uh, when I've been in relationships like this before, I've been able to, um, we'll have to get that part out. So like I was saying, hold on a second, turn this back. Like I was saying, it's an energy thing. Um, I've been in these types of relationships before and I've gotten very sick. I hadn't felt good. Like sometimes I couldn't get off the couch and so I had to just cut it off. And I'm like, I don't feel good energetically. This is not uh, making me feel uplifted, happy or whatever. I'm feeling drained. So if anybody listening and you're dating someone and you're feeling drained, cut it off. They're doing something, usually what I found is these individuals are either severely depressed, they have some type of an addiction going on, whether it's to drugs, alcohol, porn, whatever is getting their neurotransmitters all mixed up. And so somehow you're kind of free, you're working on yourself, you're doing all this meditation, you take walks, you, take, you try to be as healthy as possible, and they just kind of suck into you. I had one guy tell me, um, we dated for a couple of weeks and then we cut it off uh, about two years later, he starts texting me again and I thought I had blocked him. And the only reason why I went out with him again is because I was getting a lot of messages, telepathic messages, and I wanted to see if they were true. So we sat there together and I had asked him, I was like, you know, I'm getting the weirdest telepathic messages and they're to watch these movies on YouTube, like vignettes. And they are Bambi and Dumbo. And he's like, yes, that's right. And he had told me that his mother died when he was like six and he had to go to school the next day after she passed away, which is very traumatic for a child. And that's what happens in Bambi and Dumbo. And he said he couldn't watch those movies. Another movie was Full Metal Jacket. And um, I told him that he's like, oh, yes, I was Gomer Pyle because he was in the Marines. And so he was also a film major uh, and he was able to and he was in tech. So he was able to uh, give me synopsis of these movies and how they affected his life, which I thought was very interesting. So I was like, OK, I'm not going crazy. So <laughs> Thank you very much for explaining these. And, I, and then I asked him, I was like, you know, this is the energy I was feeling. He's like. Oh yeah, I was severe, severely dis depressed, 
when I was dating him, I had intuited that he was having a port addiction. I had asked him about it, you know, not even seeing any paraphernalia and he attested to it. He did end up getting help. His energy felt much better, but he told me, he's like, oh yeah, I was in a very dark place, but he goes, I could feel that you were so pure and you were such this healing energy that I just wanted that. So, which was creepy. <laughs> this is what he told me. And I was like, whoa. That's, that is, I'm really glad we're talking today. I mean, I, I needed the term energy vampire. I've heard it, but I thought I was an energy vampire um, because I have a lot of guilt. Um, I go to dance and uh, there's a lot of good energy exchange, sometimes more or less in one direction. But this person I cut it off with, energy vampire. I was, I had run out of energy. And now there's another person that dance who like, uh, is just like, um, coming on to me and, <laughs> and, love it. and she's about 30 and there's a slight age difference you might guess from looking at me uh, and and I think she may she says she told me she likes my energy whoa and I'm when I liked her energy once <laughs> And then I'm not sure about the last time when we were like dancing really close, almost like a high school dance, uh, which usually doesn't happen there. So, and she's like, kind of give, can you give me a ride kind of thing? <laughs> oh, you're right not home in, her, in your car? <laughs> to dance, I mean. Oh, you know, okay. To dance, yeah, to dance. And I didn't because I wasn't feeling so good. Um, oh, I'll miss you. And uh, I'm... I'm wondering if it's this, it's gotta be, I, I, you're alerting me to the energy vampire thing. Well, this is what was explained to me years ago when I went to a shaman to explain it. You know, I, I asked her, why do I keep attracting these emotionally unavailable men? Why does this happen? You know, I've been single for 20 years. I was married once and it's just, what is going on? And she told me, she goes, I think, she goes, there is a darkness within you that keeps attracting this to you. And it could be because, like you said, the guilt, you know, it's, it's that something that you're feeling. And I think that person is mimicking that maybe in their mind as well. And so it attracts where it feels familiar. Uh, that's what I've come to realize as well. Because why do I keep attracting these dark guys? And there was just some inadequacy in me that I, I've just come to realize that I just, uh, I had a very traumatic marriage. When I got married, I knew my husband didn't want to be married, but we took vows on the altar and that was very traumatizing to me. And I didn't want to go through another event like that. And so uh, I, I kept this unworthiness for a very, very long time. And I never told the story to anyone for years. And now I'm a storyteller and I tell stories on stage here in, in Los Angeles. And one of my friends, uh, I was recounting him the story. He's like, you've never told me the story of you being married. I've heard you tell so many stories on stage and you've never, and I go, well, it's something I don't talk about. It's like, I've never been married. You know, I've almost forgotten, but it was deep down. And so I, as I started to tell him this story, we're in a, a Japanese restaurant 
having fried rice and I just start convulsing and crying, you know, uh, and, and I just was just crying, crying, crying. And he was like, and he's just telling me to tell the story, just tell it, it's okay. And, and then he's working me through it. And it was almost like he went into my heart and grabbed something and pulled it out. It was very bizarre. And I asked him, I was like, uh, what was that all about? You know, what happened? Cause I feel so much better, you know? And it's something that I didn't even know I, I was even conscious about, you know? And, and he's like, I'm an exorcist. <laughs> like, you know, I, I mean, you can tell so much about a person through their stories, you know, and it's almost like a psychological evaluation when we would go to storytelling shows and we would hear these stories that people would tell. Uh, and it was very, very fascinating. That's how I came to put together my storytelling classes that I now teach, because it's so interesting what comes out of your subconscious and what you've been keeping in there, stuck, that you didn't even know about. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that. So... Your book, Connecting with Coincidence, you went ahead and did all this research, collected many stories of um, serendipity and synchronicity from people's lives. You put them together in this book, which I highly recommend if anybody is having lots of coincidences. It can help you in your work. I mean, uh, I'll, I'll share one more quick story that happened that was very interesting. I was- Show, show them the book. Here, I'll show them the book. I mean, this is just gonna be, uh, I might use the video, but we'll see. It is just an audio part, but it's a great book. You can buy it on Amazon. I'll have you give a spiel at the end of this where people can find you and uh, we'll have the show notes. But I went to a planetary lecture a few months ago and it was very, very boring. And I was making fun in my head of the, the guy, the astronomer, talking about this planet because you look like Poindexter. And in my head, I have a patient named by the same planet that comes to my clinic. And I kept saying his name. It's a very funny name. It's like a cartoon character over and over in my head. And I was formulating this little story. I go, oh, I could do a YA story, Aurora, this and that. So Anyway, the next day I go to clinic and I look at my patient list and he's coming in that day. So, uh, which was very interesting and I had, hadn't seen him in a year, but yeah. I think that's one of my last coincidence stories <laughs> that I share, but I do have many, many of them. So where can people find your book and your information, Dr. Um, Beitman? Thanks, it's uh, Bernard Beitman, B-E-I-T-M-A-N. Uh, and put connecting with coincidence in your web browser and you'll find lots of things, not just my book, Connecting with Coincidence, but also my Psychology Today blog, uh, my website, um, and my radio show. I have a radio show um, that is on weekly and where I interview people who are into coincidences in various ways. And 
there are other things too. You'll see some videos uh, on YouTube if you put connecting with coincidence with my name on them. But start with the book because the, the book is going to help you think about how to think about coincidences. Connecting the book is excellent. Thank you. Connecting with coincidence. I mean, they should be teaching this in schools. They should be teaching this to kids. Uh, they should be definitely teaching it in nursing school. Like I was telling you before with nursing intuition, it does come from experience, of course. I think the most intuitive nurses are the most experienced nurses where they can see patterns. Uh, and, and like I had told you, I had the dyslexia, uh, which helps me see patterns better uh, with all of this. And I think that's why I see a lot of coincidences. But I, I think you make a great point in your book, which I, I want to just point out with the podcast, is that not all coincidences are good coincidences. And not all coincidences will lead you to stuff. There are bad coincidences as well. And I think it's to use discernment. And I've been in those situations where I've checked into my body. And if I feel a lot of anxiety, I'm like, this is doesn't seem right, even though I'm connecting the dots and stuff, so. Yeah, um, and sometimes a coincidence is wonderful at the beginning and, and later it leads to something awful. And sometimes there's something, an awful coincidence that uh, ends up turning out okay. And sometimes there are coincidences where it's good for you, but not good for me. Um, they're defining what is a good coincidence becomes a, a little more difficult than I had originally thought. But there are some that just are evil and just evil. And uh, they lead to awful consequences and there's nothing good about them. It's very true. And they happen. It's so been there. You have to be, you have to use your own judgment. You have to recognize that as much as you might want uh, to explain coincidences by randomness or by God or universe, which is their two most popular versions, God, universe, and random chance, uh, there's still you in the middle of it. And you, as we were talking about from the beginning, you choose to go with one or choose not to go with one. And that's your free will being enacted. And relying on intuition and whatever else you have to say yes or no is an extremely important part of becoming a coincider, someone who sees lots of coincidences. Well, this has been an amazing discussion. It's definitely helped me uh, fill in the blanks to many, I can't say, I just lost my train of thought. Anyway. I have uh, gotten questions answered to where I have those questions. I guess I could say that. But yes, get Dr. Beitman's book. Thank you very much for joining us today on Nurses and Hypochondriacs. You're welcome. And thank you because you came at the right time for me too. And you came at the right time for me. Coincidence. Thanks. Welcome. Bye. Thanks for listening to our Nurses and Hypochondriacs podcast. We love your support and we love our listeners. If you have some spare change, go ahead and throw some to us on our Venmo at Nurses in Hypocon. Also, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love that. And if you'd like to be a guest, go ahead and send us an 
email at nursesandhypochondriacs at gmail.com.